It's Loving the Strange with Carrie Jones and Sean Farrar. Loving the Strange, a podcast for weirdos and those who want to be weirder. Embrace the strange. New episodes every Saturday, live streaming Fridays. Loving the Strange. Check us out. What's up, girl? Hey, boo. It's Long Loving the no Strange. I know. Long time no see. You went from the office to the dining room. Shh. I'm in the podcast studio. All right. I'm, I'm slightly sad that no one has ever mentioned how adorable the curtains are behind you in the entire time that we've had this, uh, this beautiful maybe, podcast. Maybe, maybe not everybody loves them like you do. What? Everyone yeah. should love them. <laughs> so well, this week's podcast is, what's it about for our... Bigfoot. Big everything. But Bigfoot. No, don't make it creepy. I'm not. <laughs> don't make it creepy, man. No. Actually, I brought up a good point. Okay, I'm ready. Anyways, right. wait, before we start, this podcast, episode four or five of Loving the Strange Live, is about Bigfoot and the people who love them. And Sean is not a believer. Hey, don't be so harsh. I'm just saying. I'm just I saying. am a pessimistic believer. You're agnostic about the Bigfoot world. Okay. I'll go with that. And but Bigfoot's... What? I have valid reasons. All right. Before you get into the valid reasons, what was yeah. it that you initially wanted to say? Oh, your observation. Remember when you when you said, don't make it creepy. But when you read that book. Sean always makes it creepy. No. If you can, like if there is a way to make something X-rated, Sean Farrar will make it X-rated. He has of- a gift. And for me, the product of multiple generations of Puritan uptightness is really hard to deal with. Although I love it. It's just not my world. Okay, Captain, interrupt us. Um, Sorry. (laughs) What I was going to say is you made the observation that nobody ever mentions Bigfoot's genitalia. Dude, do we want to start there? Is that where we want to start? No, but that's what I was going to say when you said I was trying to be naughty. (laughs) Jeez. um. So my point here is that a lot of times you will read Bigfoot first person narratives, you know, like these people being like, I saw Bigfoot. He was so huge and he was buff and obviously a guy. But you never hear about Mm, assuming Bigfoot's a primate and their genitalia is outside their body, you never hear about that. Like, you only hear about the size of their muscles and the size of their feet and the size of their head and their lack of hair on their face. But, you know, they have human-like eyes, which are very big. You never hear about the Bigfoot baby-making parts. Which makes me doubt the stories, honestly. Because if I saw Bigfoot and Bigfoot was endowed, like, (laughs) in a way that his feet were large, I would be like, holy crud. Like, that's a Bigfoot. And I would talk about that because I would be so stunned. Samantha, like, said, yeah, maybe Bigfoot's female. And sometimes they do say that. They're like, yeah, it was obviously a lady Bigfoot because she was 
taking care of the child, suckling to her breast. But then they were like, whoa, she had some knockers. Like, well, you only hear about the sides of their feet. The end. I'm sorry, Sean. No, that's you okay. It, it, the same thing applies to females because if, it's, if you look at it like a female gorilla or something, they don't wear bras. So, so their breasts, after having a couple babies, are naturally saggy. Ah, uh, no. No. Yeah. No. Ladies who have boobs and who have babies, it doesn't mean that their boobs suddenly get saggy after they have children. I have had a lot of arguments with our male friends about this, and they are like, oh, yeah. It's like they know. It's BS. That's BS. And I'm sure it's BS for the Bigfoot world, too. And I cannot believe this is where we've gone in the initial I'm gonna, moment. I'm going to pull up some old National Geographic episodes no, for you. no. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Regardless, regardless. If That's it's so adult, creepy. If it's an adult, you should be able to tell what sex it is. If it's right? a primate, yeah. Yeah. If it's a primate. If it's not a glowing-eyed alien. Yeah. And there are some Bigfoot beliefs that Bigfoot is a glowing-eyed alien. That's totally a trend nowadays, it seems like. Yeah. So there's a lot. I've been doing a lot of research on Bigfoot. I had a book called After Obsession with Steve Waddell that we co-wrote. And you think there's a Bigfoot in it, but it turns out it's not. Um, and since then, I've been doing a lot of Bigfoot research, right? And uh, You have. Yeah. I have books. Look, here's my book. For those of you who can't see because you're listening to this after the podcast, it's The Day Sasquatch Became Real to Me by some guy named Steve Isdall. And, like, all these other books that are self-published, all about Bigfoot. And um, there's a lot of theories, a lot of theories about Bigfoot. And some of those Bigfoot theories are kind of hard for me, being a New Englander who's... Smart. <laughs> no, not smart. I don't want to be judgy, boo. It's just, like... like I'm not sure why they think Bigfoot's an alien. And, you know, it's a little weird for me. Like, there are some people who absolutely believe that Bigfoot's a primate that's just not, like, classified and discovered yet. And there's a lot of people who believe that Bigfoot can time travel and is an environmental keeper of the world. And there's a lot of people who believe that Bigfoot is a species of man that's just a bit hairier. And there's a lot of people who believe that Bigfoot is working with the government to do naughty things. <laughs> and then there's a lot of people who believe that Bigfoot is abducting and killing children. So then, wait, wait, Sean, because you're going to like this next part. There's a lot of people who believe that Bigfoot is the star of erotica. As Dee just said, Bigfoot could be hermaphrodite. We don't know. We don't know about the gender and sex of Bigfoot. It's like There's a, a lot of theories. It's like a seahorse. They're not hermaphrodites. That's, that was wrong. That was a bad analogy. But No, Dee is right. They could be anything. I love Dee, and Dee could be right. 
<laughs> D made me forget what I was thinking. <laughs> That's the magic of D Harris. She makes you forget because she's so astute. That's oh, I was astute. thinking about Bigfoot being a man. <laughs> so there's like a bunch of <laughs> Greek hermits out running around, <laughs> super hairy people. Anyways, what? What? I don't know. I was trying to think of people that are naturally hairy. Okay, that's a stereotype, buddy. Because I could never pass for Bigfoot. Well, you got some hair on your face. Well, yeah, but the rest of my body, <laughs> there was some naked guy out there running around. Dude, you cannot go, like, hairless until you go into my world of hairless. Look at this. I when that. I was a child, people thought I shaved my arms. You have a, a piece, what's that, uh alopecia or something no i don't i'm just i have some weird genes i have some weird genes you don't expect on a white lady so anyways moving on from that because that's kind of a, a bad place to be oh let's yeah talk, let's move on yeah let's talk about bigfoot hey let's answer doug marshall's question did doug ask a question he did and it's a good question, and we've heard because we watch so much Bigfoot stuff, and we and you read so much Bigfoot stuff. I do. It's a a varied answer type of question, isn't it? Apparently. So Doug asked, "What is the territorial range of Bigfoot?" Sean, can you ask that? Answer that. I can only answer it based upon um, a show we watched recently. And that what was, was that? I don't remember the name. I, I, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're the worst. <laughs> no, because I don't I don't remember if it was Expedition Bigfoot or the one with William Shatner. Uh, uh, but ooh, basically, it was, help you. basically it was thousands of miles. Like and they move and they don't even they haven't even decided if they move like for seasonal feeding purposes or greater purposes like, again right like what like what sean like uh oh people there's too many people looking for us around here so let's go to a more secluded area no how about <laughs> remember i'm a pessimistic believer <laughs> You're agnostic. So you're Bigfoot agnostic. So if Bigfoot is a spiritual being, there is no like limits to Bigfoot's range, right? Like Bigfoot is everywhere. Bigfoot flashes down, takes care of the stuff, flashes out and says like, peace out. Bigfoot's in here. Bigfoot's gone. If Bigfoot is a primate or an unknown species of bear or something that's bipedal or human or whatever, then Bigfoot is a little bit, has more of a territorial range, right? Like Bigfoot is being spotted allegedly throughout North America, throughout Central America, throughout South America, throughout Asia, you know, like everywhere. Bigfoot is like... Got some moves and got some territory. And so that's part of the, like, the main question of, like, what even is Bigfoot? The big question. Is Bigfoot in Russia? Yes. Okay. Remember there was, like, that whole thing about, like, people who were Oh, skiing? that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So a, a long time ago, people were um, a bunch. When was that? Like the early 1900s? A bunch of Russians. It was students. In like the 40s or 50s, wasn't it? I don't know. Um, it was when we had atomic weapons after World War II. <laughs> it was when you don't want to go out in the cold because we don't have the cold weather gear yet. Yeah, man. So, anyways, um, so you go. There was like a whole huge story about how um, one of the potential possibilities of these people, these students who went hiking into this into Siberia, and it was like horrifyingly cold, but they were like really buff kids and like in their early 20s and then they disappeared and then they died and there was a great big thing about them. One of the theories was that they were all killed by like a Bigfoot slash Sasquatch type monster. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I had a point to that question. I'll bring it up later. No, (laughs) just tell me your point now, man. I like Cardin's question. So Cardin said, could the purposes for migrating be for pause, 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 mating? And so therefore, Sean loves that question. Actually, you can hear him actually, laughing. Actually, you're pretty hard up if you got to change towns to get like oh, oh. Find, find, a, find a mate. I mean, <laughs> you, you think like Bigfoot's like, oh, I did everybody in Ellsworth. I got to move on to Bar Harbor. Oh no, all of Maine is gone. I better move to Connecticut. Crud, there ain't no good mating here. Like, That's right. let's move to New Jersey. Like, I couldn't see Bigfoot being like that. Uh, you're making my eyes water. But, I'm so sorry. What I was saying was... Mm-hmm. I don't, what were you saying? You know what my big problem with Bigfoot is, right? Um, there's You have so many problems with no, so many I have things. One, I have one main problem. Okay. In today's world... <laughs> What's your big problem? Go on with your problem, honey. He's never been really verifiably caught on camera. Or she or they. They. I'm going to say they. Okay. So, in Russia, okay, so a great experience, I mean, a great number of experiences are people driving and they see yeah. Bigfoot cross the road or right. Bigfoot on the side of the road running into the woods. Okay. In Russia, and I know you as a intimate internet person probably Me? have noticed. Yeah. Okay. Russians have an exorbitantly high percentage of cameras in their cars. True that. True that. And yet, they've never caught Bigfoot crossing the road. You know, maybe Bigfoot doesn't need to cross the road in Russia. Maybe that's a Northwest, Pacific Northwest Bigfoot. <laughs> thing and i'm gonna prune this up because i'm a believer and you're not and i have reasons for being a believer whereas you aren't right stop laughing stop laughing i'm an agnostic sean and i were driving to a rotary conference in the in quebec in canada from maine and it goes through some very random remote parts of maine where you get no cell phone no data no nothing right and these cute adorable little bear family ran across the highway in front of us right and he's like 
get the picture, get the video, get the video. And I was like, ah, I'm trying to get my camera out on my phone and I failed completely. And this was just this adorable bear family. No one thinks bear families don't exist, right? We all know black bear families exist, but I was totally incapable of getting that bear family on film via my camera fast enough. So I can't even begin to imagine what my brain and my fingers would be doing with my phone if like Bigfoot crossed in front of our car while we were driving. And you know that's true. There's a shock factor that must happen if you actually see it's, a Bigfoot. It's very true. But that doesn't account for the tens of thousands of game cams that are out in across the world at any given time. Dude, the games cams have to be put in the right place, man. So one of the oh John Bell. John Bell, one of Sean's friends, has just commented in the chat that Sean probably doesn't believe in Bigfoot because he and John Bell the huge men, the huge alpha men that they are, ooh, so sexy, have been misidentified as big feet while they were in the woods, possibly multiple times, while they were hog hunting, doing whatever they do down in Florida, right? And we will believe when there is a body of one. And I can now see how John Bell and Sean are besties. <laughs> this is totally Sean's personality. He's like, I won't believe in Bigfoot until I see a Bigfoot. I have DNA evidence of Bigfoot, and there is a dead Bigfoot in front of me. Well, well that's the thing is, you can go out into the woods and produce the body of just about any animal. And I know there's tens of thousands of undiscovered species in this world, but most of them are small. Most of them are small. If you take away the depths of the ocean, most of them are small. Not 10 feet tall. Dude, they're still identifying and discovering animal species every day. Okay, so this book, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm plugging this book, and I have a lot of feelings about this book, and hopefully this person who wrote this book will never read this, nor his fans, or watch it. But this is called The Day Sasquatch Became Big Real for Me. And in this book, you loved are, that book. Are countless typos. So many typos that it broke my copy editing heart. But, but there's a reason for that. And the reason is that all of these pages <laughs> are people's emails to this guy with first-person narratives in single-space font, for some reason, all about when they saw Bigfoot. And there's so many, like, just so many, man. Like, it's ridiculously, a like, a ridiculous amount. And I'm not a big fan of the BRFO people. No offense to them. I'm sure I like them in real life. But, like, the big – what is the name of that show? Hunting Bigfoot, finding Bigfoot, searching for Bigfoot. Expedition Bigfoot. Okay, that one. Um, the only part of that show that I like are the Maybe people's first-person narratives. And it made me think of, like, this et, um, article by Chrissy Elliott, which I haven't talked to Shawnee about, but it's called, So Why Do People Believe in Bigfoot Anyway? And I think that's kind of like a, what? Why are you laughing, babe? Never call me that online again. Shani? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to just change your name to Shawnee. I'm sure you will. Can I change it to Shawnee Ferrari? No, keep talking. I don't know if I want it anywhere. Um, so anyways, Chrissy Elliott had this really cool article in California Magazine all about why people believe in Bigfoot. And she had a bunch of reasons laid out. The first reason was like, they think they saw a Sasquatch and they want to prove to themselves in the world that they're not crazy. Because if you think you saw a Sasquatch, it come, becomes really hard to be like, yo, I saw Bigfoot and not have people mock you. Like, I once, um, when I was married before, I had um, Emmy, my little baby person, and I were walking through the woods, right? This is like not Bigfoot story. It's just a regular story. We're walking through the woods on these game trails behind, ATV trails too, behind our house that we were renting. And we rounded this corner and there's this terrible smell of skunk, right? And we're like, <gasps> And I was like, whoa, what is that smell? But I kept walking forward because I'm stupid. And we walked forward around this curve. And there's a black bear, like, boom, right there, 50 feet in front of us, like scavenging on this rotting wood piece, apparently looking for grubs or something. And Emily's in my L.L. Bean backpack. Important detail. That is L.L. Bean. I don't know why. And she's like, doggy, big doggy. And I'm like, oh bear baby a big bear and like I'm like shh be really quiet and we backed up and then as soon as we were out of sight of the bear like scooted down the rest of the trail and went back home where my husband at the time who was not Shawnee yes <gasps> shock I've been married before um my husband at the time was like you didn't see a bear no way like, he couldn't even believe that I saw a freaking black bear in Maine. So, like, imagine the disbelief that people have when they have a Bigfoot story, if they have a Bigfoot story, assuming that is true. Like, there's a lot of, like, disdain and meaningness, you know? Yeah. Bigfoot, meaningness. A Bigfoot story would be even harder to believe. Yeah, so there's that's the number one reason. So then the number two reason is based, according to them, is something else that I can't find as I try to scroll down the article. <laughs> nice prep work, baby. Dude, I had to do all the prep work. So number reason two, number reason two, that doesn't even make sense. But reason two is... A bunch of their people believe in Sasquatch, so it would be weird if they didn't. Like, in the West Coast, as opposed to where we live in the Northeast, there's a ton of people who believe in Bigfoot. Like, there is, in California, there's over 430 sightings that have happened since the 1940s. That's a ton of sightings, right? They have Sasquatch festivals. They have statues and like if you don't believe in sasquatch it's like you don't believe in america so like there's that whole dynamic going on right and that's kind of weird and interesting and i think that people from the east coast don't get that right because we're from the east coast and then the third reason is that if you believe in Bigfoot, it keeps the hope alive that people can be self-sustaining and humans haven't totally destroyed their environment beyond repair, is what she says. So there's this guy named Robert Pyle, and he's a journalist, and he like went deep into the world of scientists, hunters, and Bigfoot like devotees. 
And he got really into Bigfoot. And what he wrote in his book, which is called Where Bigfoot Walks, is people don't want to be Bigfoot. They want to find Bigfoot. They want to be Bigfoot. And that's a really interesting <laughs> thing to me. Because, I like, if I don't Big... understand that. No, because if Bigfoot can be real, right, mm-hmm. it means that, like, our ecosystems aren't failing and our environment still supports this giant primate or alien or whatever you want to pretend Bigfoot is. And we have these vast wilderness spaces that we can still explore and that are still unknown. And that's like this really cool, positive thing to believe. It is. Sean. (laughs) <laughs> no rebuttal and the reason I, number I, four, I don't have a rebuttal for that yeah and reason number four is that um this is a direct quote is that a lack of proof doesn't disprove that bigfoot exists so it's hard to declare with certainty that bigfoot is fake and christy says though bigfoot believers obviously don't represent represent a huge section of the american population and scientific proof of the creature's existence has eluded them They don't seem discouraged. What keeps Bigfoot legends alive is actually the lack of proof because mysteries appeal to the natural curiosity inherent in human beings. The act of entertaining legends allows people to expand their minds and challenge traditional perceptions. If there was absolutely no chance of Bigfoot being real, then the legend would disappear. But if science came out in full support of Bigfoot's existence, then that would also make the legend disappear. My blown. <laughs> yeah, but if we found a, a Bigfoot body, there'd be a lot more people out hunting Bigfoot. Who wants a Bigfoot body? Especially in Oklahoma. No one. <laughs> Doug Is Marshall that- told us before that it's legal to hunt or trap Bigfoot in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Shani, you gotta stop laughing. I actually have to say words for the podcast, baby. Your, well, your California statistics um, about how many Bigfoot sightings there have been in yeah. a certain, certain number of years. Sixty since the official. But it made me wonder how many sightings have there been of actual, real, proven to be alive animals in that same time period. I do not know. Like bears. Or mountain lions. I do not know. Something that people don't see every day. But I will tell you that at least 16% of the United States population who have been surveyed believe that Bigfoot is real. Well, I'm an agnostic, so. Oh, my God. I don't go either way. (laughs) Ah, Sean. I I really want Bigfoot to be real. I do. Really? Yeah, why not? I think it'd be awesome. I all right. So if you watch a Bigfoot show with Sean, what happens is he swears constantly at the show, gets so angry at the show that he leaves the room and then comes back cranky. It's like watching someone who's really into like a team playing the New England Patriots like leave the room when the Patriots are playing. 
I hate the Patriots. But anyways, why I do, I, Patriots, why do I do that? I don't know. Let's let's hear from you why you do that, maybe. Because it's like, oh, 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 you hear that? That's a Bigfoot. That's a Bigfoot knocking on a tree. Or that's a Bigfoot. Ha- oh, it's time to go to bed. Let's go to let's go back to camp. <laughs> okay. So all right. So what Sean's basically saying that isn't in the TV shows and how they're edited, it often seems like they finally get like a little bit of proof that there could potentially be a lead in finding this Bigfoot. And instead of going after the Bigfoot, they go to sleep. <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> Number one, I've got two points. Number one, the stories that impress me the most are always going to be hunters. Which people is that, what this book is full of. People... People that have spent an exorbitant amount of time in the woods compared to the average person. Right? Yes. Number two, I don't know that these people that are on Bigfoot shows have ever spent much time in the woods. They do. Because animals after dark make the craziest freaking noises. Owls. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're, They're not really even explainable. They're not things you hear in the daytime. But that doesn't mean they're Bigfoot. It doesn't mean they're not. But no, no it doesn't mean they it are. Doesn't. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> what? I'm just an agnostic. I'm just saying that this guy, this random guy, Steve Isdall, who did not proofread his book, um... He wasn't supposed to. They're verbatim emails. I know, but you should not have verbatim. All right. So, like, it'll have a header, like, um, something is living in Vietnam on page, I don't know, 171. And then on page 232, you'll see the exact same story with a slightly different header of Bigfoot in Vietnam. And he'll repeat entire stories. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and well, it's just it needed some editing is all I'm saying like he took all these people's these first person people's people persons I can't think it's too late on a Friday but he took all these random contributors I can use that word and took their stories and put them into his book and he took them you know he just cut and pasted them from the original emails and didn't copy edit them but in the creation of the actual book, he cut and pasted them, some of them three times. So I'm well, he should have done that minimum yeah. amount of editing. He just needed a little bit of editing. But this isn't a writing class, though. I know. I know. I just want to warn people in case they buy the book, which is really interesting because even with that, there are hun- like well over 200 people's stories first person like army people navy people marines hunters all these people's first person narratives about seeing things that they could not explain in the woods and sean is very judgy about this stuff which makes me annoyed at sean but i still love him but the stories are interesting because they are people who truly believe that they saw something that was not a bear walking on two feet, not a werewolf, but a Bigfoot. And it's compelling. It's really compelling when you read the whole thing. 
He has sure like a whole is. YouTube thing on it too. And it's a book that'll last a long time because it's all single spaced. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I need my reading glasses just to read it. Yeah, it sounds anti the book because he has a squint at it when he's reading it. That's why I have reading glasses off. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> Sadly, we didn't. It's like we've already a half hour into our podcast and we haven't even talked about Bigfoot erotica. What? I know. Now you got my attention. I know, but we're not going to talk about it today. We're going to have to tease it over to the next week. To, to next week, man. <laughs> Was John Hill in the Navy? Yes, John Hill, our friend, has commented most Navy people don't go in the woods in an official capacity. Very true. But there are some Navy people here who are also hunters who put that in their stories as, I don't know, like making them more credible. Because I think that like a Sean in the woods, like if you took Sean in the woods, right, even though he wasn't in the Navy, but he was had a tiny bit in the military, allegedly, like and you put him. And you put him in the in a Bigfoot narrative versus me in a Bigfoot merit narrative. You're gonna believe most likely Sean, and that might be because he's a man and we're a sexist society, but it also might be because he knows more about being in the woods than I do. You know, he hunted, whereas I just tromped around for days and days and days because my parents weren't home and I was a latchkey kid, and so the military kind of gives. A lot of these people in this book, when they're like introducing who they are, they're like, I was a CB or I was in the SEALs or I was blah, blah, blah. I was stationed at Fort Benning. I was stationed at blah, blah, blah. And it kind of gives it more credibility, I guess. Well, strangely enough, gender has nothing to do with it because there's plenty of females that spend plenty of time in the woods hunting or doing other outdoor activities. Intriguingly, almost all these stories are from men. Wow, that's very interesting. But my other point was you touched upon two parts of the Navy. Well, I don't know about the CBs 100%, but the SEALs definitely spend a lot of time in the woods. Regular Navy people don't. But if they're hunting, it's not about the military. It's about time in nature, time out in the woods. I know, but I'm not sure. Assume that you spent more time out in nature, babe. And I did. And I think you would assume that. But I don't know if that's true. Oh, it's true. No, I don't think it's true. (sighs) Okay. All right. I'm just going to say, I grew up in Bedford, New Hampshire, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it was super poor. I was super poor in a rich community, super rural. I had nothing (laughs) to do after school. We were too poor to even have cable, right? Right. And so all I did was tromp around in my woods. Pretending to be Tom Brown, tracking things. I know. And, and people don't know that. But, like, I spent every freaking day out in those woods. And, yeah, it was the woods of my backyard, but that extended for acres. <laughs> and you grew up in Fort Lauderdale in high and school, and you didn't uh, do that, baby. You didn't do that. You weren't looking for Bigfoot every day like I was. Yeah, but when I was out in the woods, it wasn't hundreds of feet away from my house it was miles out it was miles out you don't know that you lie pooper pooper i do no you don't no you don't you weren't there 
we used to go farther just to tap a keg of beer than you could ever <laughs> walk from behind your house. Dude, I went for miles. I went from my house to the weather van. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Your your fight is mute. Um, my fight is not mute. Look, read, read, there you go. <laughs> so John Bell says that the Everglades were only minutes from his house, which is yeah. probably near Sean's house, but I had the New Hampshire wilderness. We Dang lived on it. the same street. <laughs> but, but literally, exactly, like, I, no one else lived on my street. That's like how rural I was. I don't care. Bigfoot's not going to be not Bigfoot's not going to be hanging out within a couple miles of the local grocery store. There was no local grocery store where I was when I was growing up. Come on, I've been there. Anyways. 30 years later. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe. Are you going to alpha flex on this? You're alpha flexing on it. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Baby, you have to stop laughing and you have to articulate your words, honey. Okay. Let's put it okay. this way. The okay. places we hung out. The police couldn't come unless they had a helicopter. The police couldn't come to where I went out. Yes, on a road they could. I didn't go on the road. I went into the swamp. Love. Love. You're <laughs> okay. Never mind. I'm not going to argue with you about this. All right, wait. Two months later, therapist. Carrie, why did you and Sean divorce? Well, let me tell you. It's because you didn't believe I grew up rural because hey, I was from New Hampshire. Why don't you bring up a Google map and I'll, no! do, the, and I'll do the same thing? No. Yeah. No. Okay. I win I, if I. I win. Time. I win. You but do anyway, not win because you refuse to do the Google map. But anyways, I'll do the Google map later for next week. All right. I <laughs> don't have time for the Google map this week. Okay. And then there was awkward silence. You've never even been mudding before. <laughs> there was no mud in New Hampshire. It was pine trees. There's plenty of mud in New Hampshire in the spring. Not where I grew up. Uh, anyways, let's get back to Bigfoot, okay? Okay. And his lack of existence. Your brother believes in Bigfoot. You know what? Strangely mm -hmm. enough, he does. <laughs> And he's not here to refute this, but yeah, he does. Because there's a ton of Bigfoot sightings in Florida. But he didn't And they weren't all just you and John Bell, your BFF. Like <laughs> we they, were in sight of Bigfoot. That's the problem. No, but John Bell said that a lot of the Bigfoot sightings were you and, and him. Yeah. So but not all of them. Not all of them. There are a ton of Bigfoot sightings. There's a great Bigfoot sighting from a game warden in in um, Florida, who was actually oh, yeah. a woman. Yeah, like that's why I'm agnostic. <laughs> I I really want proof. I really want to believe. <laughs> but the, <laughs> your bro believes. I know. I and know. that and that's kind of saying something. Because your bro's is. an army man. He's an EMT. He's a firefighter. He's a paramedic. Okay. All right, I'm sorry. I never remember <laughs> the difference between a paramedic and an EMT, but apparently I always make an issue. Well, it's, it's important to them. Yeah. I'm, uh... <laughs> anyway, he's actually a nurse now. but He's a lot of thanks, that boy. <laughs> yes, he's done well. 
Yes. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> just show me a picture, a real picture. That's sure. all I want. I don't even need a body. I need a picture I can believe in. I don't think you'd ever believe in a picture, baby. That's not true. I feel like you're you're uh, focused on not believing. No, I believe in game cam pictures all the time. So, all right, should I tell the story about before we leave? Yeah. Okay. So, can every this is really hard for me to tell the story because of people like Sean. Um, but. When I was a really little kid, my family was like, uh, you know how like footballers do the Kennedys? That's how my family was with softball. So every family reunion, everyone would play softball. And I was the youngest by a lot, like by 15 years to the closest person in my generation. And I sucked at softball because I'm blind in one eye and I have no depth perception. So this was like hell for me. So you have to imagine like a five-year-old going to family reunions, trying to play softball, and nobody wanted her to play. And that was my life, right? Oh, sad, sad, sob story. And so this one time, we went to this park in New Hampshire. That was a state park. And it had a lake, and it had a softball field. And my family loved going there for family reunions. And one family reunion, I gave up because nobody wanted me to play and I was just a sad sad little five-year-old who felt rejected and not like she was fitting in and so I wandered off and I wandered off up this hill towards this cave and I don't 100% remember what happened but I know that I came running down this hill screaming and I remember being paralyzed, like just in shock up the hill. Um, and I came running down and I told my mom that I saw a bear on two legs and I thought it was a Bigfoot. And my mom was like, you are so stupid, baby. And I was like, no, I really think I saw a Bigfoot. And she's like, there's no such thing as Bigfoot. But in my head, and I don't know if I reconstituted the memories to make it work. I was positive that I saw Bigfoot. The same place is um, the site of the notorious serial killing in New Hampshire at the same time where a man um, buried his wife, I think, or significant other and three children in barrels in that same exact area. So I don't exactly know what my brain was trying to digest then as a child. But when I remembered it, I remembered seeing Bigfoot. And that's why I got obsessed, like so obsessed with Bigfoot um, as a little kid. Like from the age of five to like 13, all I wanted to do was to find Bigfoot. And I thought we would be friends and we would hang out together and have a really good life. (laughs) That'd be awesome. And he would save me from my mundane like existence as like this poor, sad little latchkey kid with too big an imagination, you know? And there was a smell that I associate with the memory. There's like so much that I associate with the memory, but that doesn't mean that the memory is real. You know what I mean? And so I'm vaguely agnostic as well, but I think that I believe a little bit more than Shawnee. Carrie actually owns a Bigfoot. 
Shoot. I do. I can't wait to walk around Bar Harbor in it. <laughs> Sean got it for me for my birthday. Oh, hey, wasn't there uh, something in that book about that same area? No, I looked it up online. It was just about Kate. Oh, you did? Yeah. And there's like, there's like, um, I looked up that same national, I'm sorry, state park. Yeah. We live near a national park now, so I always say national park, but that same state park in New Hampshire. And there's so many Bigfoot signings from that same exact time period as when I was there. So that kind of blew my brain because I was like, what? I thought I was just making it all up. Maybe that's where they were chilling at that time. Have you noticed no one has commented during this? Everybody's just no. like, what? They're mesmerized by your story, though. No, they're all like, she cray cray. Yeah. Maybe, maybe big, a bunch of big feets were hanging out in the cave, tapping the keg of beer. Dude, I have such a distinct memory. I, I'm like, can't even share it here because it's so weird. But it was a really oh. good memory. And Don't so, be a, you can't oh, be I'm ashamed. Sure. Dude, how, I'm totally how, ashamed. How, how are you going to get somebody else to come on here live with us and tell their Bigfoot story if you're afraid of telling your story? They can't because you just keep laughing at it. You're so judgy, baby. I'm not. Oh, I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at the fact that I could hear Sparty snoring in the background. <gasps> <laughs> Our dog. Our dog is in the same room as I am, and he is indeed snoring. Can you really hear that? I can. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Anyways, let's put a shout out for uh, Bigfoot. People that have Bigfoot stories. We would love to hear your Bigfoot stories, and Sean won't be judgy. It will no, help convert him. I will not be judgy. I promise. I want, I'm really interested. Yeah. And, and, and I would like for you to be on our show next week live. <sighs> live. And if you don't want to show your, can we put like a emoji or something on there if they want like a personalized I, thing huh? i can try to figure out the tech to do that yes okay or they can just shut off their video and only do audio like no, normal people do. oh well, normal people normal people <laughs> that's boring <laughs> <laughs> anyways bigfoot he's awesome he's amazing and i'm gonna leave with something intelligent ready because I like to do that. This whole thing's been intelligent. Go ahead, You are Mary. such a liar. So that guy, Robert Michael Pyle, who wrote that book, Where Bigfoot Walks, yeah, um, had an answer to a question, which we will post in our podcast notes at carriejonesbooks.blog, about why is Bigfoot so captivating? And he said, I think there's something in us that wants to think that there might be something beyond the campfire that is hum- somehow either threatening or intimidating, or at least mysterious. The more like us, the better, but not quite like us. We all seem to need giants, and yet the difference to me with this one is that we might be an archetype that actually exists in the wild as well, which is well, really intriguing to me. It is intriguing, and also the fact that sometimes... The, the things beyond the campfire actually do come and attack your tent or whatever. Bears. Yeah. <sighs> so why not a Bigfoot? Spidey snored for that. Why not, man? Why not? <laughs> hey, thank you all for listening. Thank, 
It's for everybody being here. We appreciate it. Please come it. tell us your Bigfoot stories. And I'll we maybe go more in depth with mine next week. Email Carrie at CarrieJonesBooks.com. At gmail.com. And we'd love to put you on the show. Mm-hmm. Sean mm-hmm. will be nice to you. I promise. He'll laugh. But I'm he'll be always laughing. nice. I don't laugh. You ever. totally laugh, buddy. You totally laugh. <laughs> Sam Spilacy, thank you for saying we rock. You rock, too. <laughs> Everybody so have a rocking. great weekend, and thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And like and subscribe and share and all that blah, 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 marketing crap. You're so good. Yeah, right. Thank you for listening to Loving the Strange. Please be sure to like and subscribe. And remember, embrace the strange. New episodes every Saturday, live streaming Fridays. Go get your strange on, friends. Thanks for listening.